This is Josh Moore. I was the singer and guitar player of Beloved. Welcome back to Labeled, the stories, rumors, and you don't need the rest of this. You don't need an intro from me. You just came from the other Beloved episode, right? If you didn't, you're in the wrong place. Go back and listen to that first. And if you have listened to that one, then you don't need me to do much talking here. So let's just get you acquainted with Josh Moore and hear his perspective on Beloved. Here's me and Josh. Did you put any thought into your favorite songs from the Tooth and Nail catalog? I did, and I couldn't narrow I couldn't narrow it down to songs, but I can tell you my three favorite albums. That'll work. Without a doubt. So number three is Slick Shoes Rusty. Tight. Um, I probably heard that when I was I was probably 14 or 15, and that's like the height of me being into that kind of uh, emotional pop pop punk. And I just thought that they just, and I think that maybe that singer was like 15 or something on that recording, 15 or 16. But I had a tape of that that I was just obsessed with. That record was big for me. Favorite moment on that record? Uh, maybe the sample at the beginning of the record from Goonies. <laughs> oh, you love the Goonies sample. Yeah, yeah. Right on, right on. Okay, what's your number two? So number two record, I think, is Strong Arm. Advent of a Miracle Tight I think that probably Is the best Melodic hardcore record I mean Us and Beloved We learned so much From From that record The depth Of the lyrics You know The The intensity Of the lyrics I remember hearing Or reading That that singer Was like Out in the In the woods Like fasting Like writing those lyrics Like really trying to Bring something out of them So what is your number what is Josh Moore's number one record in the tooth and nail catalog oh that has to be further seems forever the moon is down the number one that's a really good answer why is that has to be the music meant a lot to me at the time and you know that's when I'm sure you have the whole the whole history of like Chris Caraba being in that band and then I guess leaving before that album came out even, right? And doing mm-hmm. Dashboard Confessional, which was so big for everybody of my age. But I felt like the music of Further Seems Forever, I thought the songs he was writing for that band, yeah, it spoke to something d- different than what Dashboard Confessional was. But 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 either way, you know, the strong arm, I, I believe that strong arm it was further seems forever was everybody that was in strong arm right so you take one of your favorite hardcore band and then add chris caraba and sometimes that stuff doesn't work but this is when it works like to make a new thing out of two refined dialed experience things i mean it's a special situation yeah and just the sound of their music like meant so much to us and beloved and taught us so much and like about the way we tried to write Simon, we tried to emulate a lot of what they were doing. Not 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 directly, but just inspired by their sound. 
you know, because we couldn't figure out how they were doing what they were doing. Totally. We were just... The, just, the go, just trying to figure it out is how you become a good musician, basically, you know? Yeah, just trying to... I mean, their music was really evocative, like brought a lot of emotion out and when it was in Strong Arm or in Further Seems Forever. So, yeah, those were the, those were the ones, I thought. That's great. Stand That's up. awesome. And the faith I have in us will keep you near With several of these miles placed in between us With several of these words be sent by mail What I understand, you joined the band at you were the youngest one joining the band. That's right. Yeah, I think I was 16 and I think they were 18. I think they were seniors in high school and I was a sophomore. Wow. Yeah. How did they know that you and how did you at 14 be able to sing and play guitar well enough to, to get that opportunity? Yeah, I mean, I had just been trying to sing and play guitar and write songs since I was probably 12 or 13. How does how do you get good from 12 to 14? It took me a uh, lot longer. I think I started going to see lots of local bands and uh, and seeing like older people playing and then just being really obsessed. At 12, though? I mean, what shows are you going to in North Carolina at 12, though? I mean, well, how are you getting this exposure to this kind of a thing? My dad was taking me and my twin brother to shows at 12 and 13 and dropping us off and letting us. Okay. That's the key detail. That's, yeah, that yeah. explains it. So you have the type of dad that would take you to shows at 12 and even push them on you. Tell me more about oh, that. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was, he was really supportive. My, my dad was into hardcore and punk when he was younger. Yeah. He would take us to wow. shows at, when we were 12 and 13 and drop us off and pick us up. He was super, <laughs> super encouraging. Good on him. Yeah, so I was like fully immersed in like punk and hardcore at like, yeah, 12 and 13. So by the time wow. I got 14 or 15, I had been, yeah, trying to play and mimic the music I was listening to. And successfully so, if the upperclassmen are coming saying, come join our band and be our front man and a lead singer. So you must have been on top of it. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I guess it worked. What do you remember about after high school? How did it unfold from there? So I was a junior in high school. We were playing that whole year. We would play on the weekends. And then that summer, when I would have been going into my senior year of high school, we got offered with like a month-long tour with Ludacris. There was Norma Jean before mm -hmm. they changed their name to Norma Jean. And th the drummer, Daniel, of the band told me about this... Uh, homeschool high, high school. It was called like Keystone American High School, correspondence school where you could basically like I could not go to my senior year of high school and I could start touring. So I chose to do that. My parents were supportive of that too. And I think like that, that September, October, we also had a tour with Under Oath. So those were like our first big tours. And we weren't signed at that point. But yeah, my parents let me go for it. Were you then, I mean, I wonder from your dad's point of view, it's like if you, 
were into the hardcore scene and took your kids at 12 to it, and he has the opportunity to tour by the time he's 18 years old, I guess, is he proud papa, or, or how does he react to that? Yeah, yeah, I think he was proud. I, I think that he was just, him and my mom were just like, yeah, go do your thing. Like, they had the house to themselves. Like, I'm gone for, you know, I think they were. They weren't worried about you, get, I mean, getting into all that at that age and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I don't I don't think, I mean, I'm sure they were, but I guess they just, yeah, they just went with it. <laughs> that's that's cool. What was it like to be thrust into that world from high school straight to this scene? That sounds like a very abrupt transition. It felt natural to me. It felt like what I wanted to be doing. You know, it felt like what I was putting all my energy into, and that was kind of like, yeah, it felt felt natural for me. Was it a goal that you were actively seeking and then achieved, or just it just yeah, happened that way? Well, we ended up signing to Solid State. And that was the label we wanted to sign to. That was the label that we had listened to, you know, all the bands on that label. Like, it just seemed like once we started playing with some of the bands on that label, it just seemed like that was what we wanted to happen. And it, and it, we got that chance. Was that surprising to you or is that what something you expected to happen? I, I don't know if I would say I expected it to happen. I just think that we just, we wanted that. To, we, we wanted that to happen. And it ended mm-hmm. up happening. We recorded our first EP ourselves, The Running, and, and put it out ourselves. And that's what we were, like, touring on. And I guess we sent it to Chad. However, I don't know how we ended up getting in touch with Chad, but we sent him, like, a cassette, like, rough mix of our recording or something. And I think he had us come out and play the first Furnace Fest, or the second Furnace Fest year. But anyways, we were in talks with him to maybe sign to take hold records, and then at some point, maybe 2002 or 2003, he ended up working for Solid State. So he, that was how we made the connection, I guess. He brought us brought us over. So it wasn't a, a total shock in that. I mean, you had a clear goal, and you expected to achieve it. What is Furnace Fest? Well, Furnace Fest was in the early 2000s. Chad Johnson from Takehold Records put on this festival in Alabama, in Birmingham, at the Sloss Furnace. And I think it was kind of the, the first big festival that we, that Beloved, ever got to be a part of. And there was a lot of tooth and nail bands that played, but other like hardcore bands that we were into and indie bands. And it was it was a big deal for us. And I think we made a lot of connections through there and definitely connections to Chad Johnson, who ended up being our A&R guy. So we get to the point of going to make the record with Garth. Your time from here until you broke up is a very short period of time. I bet it felt long at the time, but when you look back on it, you think in 2003 you're up there at Garth and then you are going to be doing your final show not very long from now. Brandon always talks about it like, man, the next Beloved record would have been so big. You know, that's kind of the, the legend of it, I think. But um, can you see anything all the way back from toward the beginning or underlying that was going to unravel it? I don't really think so. Not at that point. No, I don't think so it was would... all good. Yeah, I think it was all good. Yeah. But then a lot changes over the next, you know, 18 months, though. Yeah, well, we were, I think it, uh, I think being away, so as, uh, 
especially for Joe at the time, being the first one to be engaged and then having to be away from his partner for months at a time. I think that was a strain on him. But for me, I didn't have anybody. I was I didn't have to pay rent or anything, so I wasn't wasn't strained. So you were enjoying touring through that phase? Yeah, I think that we actually did um I remember us being on tour for a month in January and then I think we had one day off and then we went to make the record for a month. So we were gone from home for about two months. Um and I actually I re- now that I think about it, I remember Johnny, our bass player, was in a relationship with the person who he's married to now, and Dusty was in a relationship with the person he's married to now. So I'm sure that was, that was, I think that that was a strain on their relationships too. I mean, you'd have to ask them, but I think, I definitely do remember that, that probably, if there was a strain at all, it was that. Mm -hmm. Did you get the sense that, oh, this is exactly what I wanted and it's happening or working? Yeah, we were... You know, I was obsessed with it. I would put, it was all I was like thinking about and, and living and all I was working on. Yeah, it, it felt like we're getting, we're getting there. We're getting to where we want to, where we want to be. Were you thinking have a career? No, not, not so much like uh career. I wouldn't, I wasn't ever thinking like career, but I was What just, were you thinking? You say you're getting there, getting where? Uh, just being on tour and being in front of more and more people and, and uh, just build, yeah, just building it. We always, I always felt like we were building and growing. I never felt like we had arrived or we ever had like our peak or whatever. I always felt like it was like growing. Were there any signs to you that you weren't on your way to everything you wanted? No, not so much, but I guess, I guess, uh, leading up to where we would be like breaking up as a band. I think what I saw happening, I started playing guitar and singing in this band, Classic Case. So those guys were older than me, and they were musicians that I had looked up to. Uh, Jared, the singer, and Mitchell, the guitarist, I had been looking up to since I was 13 or 14. And we had gotten to be friends, and I started singing and playing guitar in their band. And we actually did the only real beloved headlining tour we ever did, I think was in the summer of 2004 and we took Classic Case out on tour to open and I played guitar and sang with Classic Case. Was it not weird that you were playing with another band because, I don't know, maybe you didn't have a relationship or you had spare time and you were just focused on music so it just made sense or what's the deal there? Um, It wasn't weird for me. I don't know if it was weird for anybody else but they were supportive enough to be like, they loved Classic Case as a band. You didn't see it as a conflict? No, not at not at that time. No, because we, they were just yeah. We just took them out on tour, and it wasn't gonna. Beloved had precedence for me. The last tour that we did as a band was a tour in the UK that we got brought over by this label that released our record over there, which I can't remember who it was, but it was a, it was a challenging tour. I remember we 
they told us we were going to have all accommodations, whatever. They were like, you don't even need sleeping bags. And when we got over there, there were no places to stay. Mm. So we just, we were like having to ask people to sleep on their floor. And we're like, oh, we don't have any blankets, <laughs> you know? And it's like, whatever. We're, uh, we had done that before, but it wasn't what we were expecting. And I think maybe the, maybe the shows were smaller. It was more challenging. It just wasn't what I guess people expected. So that was, after having tours that were successful, that was like a not successful tour for us. Mm-hmm. Maybe we had phone cards at that point. Right. We didn't have cell phones where we could call. Maybe that was like a, even extra strain on people's relationships. So that was like the last tour we did. And I think that maybe in the months after that, it was kind of like coming out that like Joe was not happy with where it was kind of at. And he j- it just felt like maybe he just wasn't, he just wasn't feeling right about it. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was like, I didn't try to talk him out of it. You know, I was like, hey, I can see you're not feeling right about this. So tell me what you want to do. And yeah, he, he, you know, he just, I can't remember how the, exactly how the conversation went down, but I know we all met together and, and he just, yeah, it just wasn't where he felt like he wanted to be. Joe Mustin is that he he's the voice of Beloved, the drums, he's the sound of Beloved. He he's the he's the like spiritual foundation of Beloved. So it just there wasn't anybody that could fill his spot for me. I think there were other people in the band that that would have that would have been willing to get a new drummer. But it, but, but so at the same time I had the opportunity to be in classic case. So I had another band that I was into. So I, so for me, I didn't want to replace Joe and I already had another band that I was going to join. Well, Josh, I, I hear what you're saying and I find it incredibly sweet. It's the, the way that, that, that I, that it strikes me is very sweet in that of all the people to care and want to go on forward. You, the younger kid who'd been, working on music and completely focused on it without a relationship who was clearly all in on music. I mean, you had the most to lose. And it's also true. Of, I, I take your point on Joe being the sound of beloved in, in those ways. I, I agree with that. But Josh Moore is very much in the conversation with what is the sound of beloved is what Josh Moore does is, is very much in the same territory as what, what Joe does. Sure. You know, so for a lot of people, I mean, it, it would be reasonable to re- try to get somebody else to do screaming vocals and, and good drums. Of course, those things are and were achievable if, if wanted to. And the way that you say that about Joe, that it, it couldn't feel that for you is is really sweet. I mean. Yeah, well, that's the way I felt. And I should say this, too, that um, when you were talking earlier about the second Beloved record, so we had been, I guess, during these times when we were touring hev- heavily, we weren't 
practicing or writing really because mm-hmm. we were just in that album cycle. Um, but we had started rehearsing again to try to write new songs and we didn't have any music coming to us. We we didn't write another song after the beloved Failure On record. Why not? I mean, I understand the travel component, but yeah, that's all? There, well, we were rehearsing and there was the music was not coming. There wasn't music. You were trying to write and weren't able to. Yeah, yeah. We, we always uh-huh. wrote... We always wrote music together. We'd, we'd get together in a place and somebody would bring uh, a riff or whatever. We'd start jamming on something. We always wrote music together. I don't know how many rehearsals we had, but there, there wasn't, I don't know if it was inspiration or, you know, something had left, but we, we never wrote another song after Failure On. Wow. Okay. So, th- okay. So that gives me a, d- a new insight to this. So I, at this point, I'm feeling like simply the way of your method of right. Okay. There's a couple of unique th- unique things going on. 2003 is this time where we've kind of split out. You see a giant movement where there's tons of bands who have more than one primary member. So you got like Gillespie on drums or uh, a Treyu with the drummer singing uh-huh. or you get keyboard players that start to come in and also scream or whatever it's going to be. You start, you get taken back Sunday with two vocals. Like you start to get these multi, not multi front men, but more engaged things going on. And beloved is in that. It's like, Whoa, you got the guy who's so good at drums and he's got that brutal voice, but they've also got this other guy that can yell and scream and sing and write these songs. And the way the formula with the way you put that together was so organic that it makes a lot of sense that if you have to write, you know, it's not one main songwriter and a backing band like the old model. You, you, you guys were truly a collaborative outfit dependent on the vibe that was very heavy on Joe. So if you can't get in the room or even if you can get in the room and Joe's head's not there, that's not going to, you don't, you actually don't have access to continue creating the music in the only way that you know how. Yeah. Yeah. That was the way we made, we made music. And yeah, I don't know how many rehearsals we had trying to write new music, but we never, we never wrote any songs after, after that failure on record. So that sounds like bummer practices after a while then. (laughs) We probably gave up and, Maybe he went to go eat pizza, so it wasn't a total <laughs> bummer. But from writing music for the last like what fifteen or twenty years, I've gone through those periods. But yeah, just there wasn't music coming. Mm-hmm. And so you weren't frustrated or irritated with Joe, like you you didn't say let's let's ride this out, let's let's take some time off, and then see. Yeah, I haven't been frustrated with Joe. He he's uh. He's a lovable person, so you know he. Yes. He he's so genuine and upbeat. You know, if something's not right with him, then you know I'm not gonna try to convince him otherwise. I'm gonna try to listen. That's a good point of view, Josh. That's true. You're you're right about Joe, but it's also just a good disposition in general. Um, that just means beloved's over to you, and you just totally accept that. And you think having the classic case made it it made it easier? Do you wish it would have happened any differently at that time? No, no, I I don't think I don't wish that. Um, I think you know, uh, Advent probably started. You know, Advent was was Joe and Johnny and Matt of Beloved. They might have started the same year that Beloved broke up. I felt like I wanted to pursue music that wasn't as heavy or as hardcore 
Mm. And then they pursued music that was more hardcore and heavier. I see. So that kind of was artistically, you thought it was a reasonable thing to split and you have this, the classic case and you had hopes and expectations of that. And it was more in the musical place that you wanted to go than where you thought those other guys were going. Um, well, it made sense for me personally to make music with classic case because they were older than me. And I really thought there was a lot I could learn musically. I think I learned, I learned, a lot about harmony singing. You know, I was singing harmony for another singer. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot that I could learn there. And yeah, Joe and Matt and Johnny were definitely more at that time into heavier music. And me and Dusty were more into indie rock and getting into different different kind of music. When they started Advent, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I think I actually played guitar at one show one advent show. So there was a show at one point where it was me, Johnny, Matt, and Joe (laughs) playing maybe like a year later. Mm -hmm. And I would say this with, with advent and the way that they're, that, that they've played. I mean, we all, we all kind of appreciate just being, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't, it's like, I enjoy a challenge. I enjoy like starting something new or learning something. I don't, and I think that Advent felt that way too. There's never like a need to be totally successful or whatever successful looks like. I mean, I almost already hear you resisting the fact that you're beloved's front man. And then you go to Classic Case to be in a support role. Most people would have a hard time letting go of the front man role. Like once you, that's not what you wanted to be. Well, I started also at the same time I was in Classic Case, I started working on my own music and writing songs under my name and starting to learn how to play uh, play acoustic and play, learn folk music and learn, learn to sing in a different way. feel a sense of loss though of letting go of the power and the all the things that come along with being the front man of a successful band in an exploding scene that was easy for you to walk away from uh the song i mean you're writing the lyrics and the songs and connecting with people and playing for hundreds of people and it's growing that was was that easy to walk away from oh i don't know if it was easy but it was what was happening at the time so i was that was what was happening. So I just stepped into a different role. It's my understanding that you begin to lose touch with the beloved guys at this point. Yeah, I think we, we kind of lost touch for, for a n- number of years. Um, we're only probably two hours away from each other. But I think that they, 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 they were getting married and uh, ha- start, starting to have their families. And uh, yeah, I was down the road, playing music and having this whole different other life. I also didn't, I didn't have a vehicle for maybe six or seven years. So I wasn't really driving back to Winston-Salem at all. And we, yeah, we all, we kind of lost touch. I think um, Johnny would reach out every once in a while. 
maybe a year, once a year. Dusty would reach out every once in a while. But um, yeah, I, d- I definitely wasn't reaching out to them. Why not? Um, I guess I, I, I didn't have anything to say at that point or, or to request or I don't know. You know, I was kind of just where I was with the people I was with and I, I didn't reach out to them. So did it go well with Classic Case? Uh, we had a lot of fun. We, we did a lot of tours. I became really great friends with all those guys and learned a lot. And we made one record out in California with uh, Paige Hamilton from Helmet. Sick. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love Paige. Yeah. So that yeah. was cool. And yeah, we didn't have, we, Classic Case had like, like a bad luck streak with our two records that we put out. And then we had the situation where, yeah, one, one guy, uh, Mitchell Marlowe, quit classic case and we did one tour without him and I, it wasn't working for me you know the same thing where mitchell was i thought he was just such a big part of the personality of the band it was kind of the same situation where he left and uh and i told the guys in classic case like i don't think this is i don't think this is working without him and so then we we were like all right then we're now we're done you know now we're done mm-hmm. And th- so through those years with Classic Case, and then after Classic uh-huh. Case breaks up, you're saying Dusty and Johnny and people would reach out to you. Was that just to be friends, or would they ask you if you want to do Beloved again, or did that come up? Yeah, d- well, Dusty would always ask every... So I guess it's been almost 15 years now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Dusty maybe asked me at the 10... 10- 10 year mark I think he asked me I had been going as far away from the type of music that beloved played you know down to like why just, I mean did you did you did you not like it I mean you couldn't I mean oh I just I just was in a whole different world of playing uh, bluegrass music playing country music and rock and roll just playing all kinds of different music but was any of that a rejection of the scene or beloved or that style of music? Did you want to, if you're playing all kinds of music, why not also oh, I hardcore? See. Is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, it felt like um, something totally foreign to me at that point. Like as hard as as physically uh, as intense as we used to play and that kind of music, it just seemed like it was just totally out, like out of the question. It just didn't seem mm-hmm. like I could go. I could go there being in that position again was not something you would have wanted or thought you could enjoy. Yeah. It was regardless of who, even if Joe's back though. I mean, cause that's what I'm saying. Joe's yeah, Joe yeah. during through these years is saying, well, I could do something if Josh could, but yeah, now yeah. Joe had nine months where he was being serious about his marriage and then he would have come back anyway. So yeah. you were totally good and all in. And then, but a few months, even just a few months later is now something that you're not interested in and never coming back to. Yeah, I think maybe the first time that they asked me was probably like five years after or mm-hmm. something. But yeah, I, I guess I just, once I was done with it, I just thought that I was just like closed off, closed off to it. It just didn't seem mm-hmm. like something I wanted to like revisit, I guess. And so how did you feel when the other guys asked you, did you feel bad about not doing it? Or do you think they were silly to want to? Or just how did you process that? situation no i i took them like 
to be sincere and wanting to do it. I just wasn't willing to do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. It seems you were distant from the band and your friends both for a long period of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, certainly. But more than just on accident. No, no, I wouldn't say it was accidental. I would just say I was just wrapped up in my own life, I guess. And mm-hmm. it seemed like I wasn't in a place where I w- would have felt strong enough and clear enough to be back in that position as the singer of Beloved. It just seemed like it didn't seem as easy to me as like, let's pick it back up. It, se- it seemed, it, it would always seem like something that would have been all-encompassing, and I wasn't ready to jump in there, I guess. So Beloved getting back together was and is totally out of the question? So I guess through the years, Dusty has asked me to do different, you know, like we should we should get back together, and it just seemed like something that was something I didn't want to take on. But Johnny and Joe, well, so I should say like in the last two years, uh, the last year particularly, I started going back home a little more. I was seeing, me and Johnny would keep up more. I was seeing Joe. I was seeing Dusty. I was going down there to play in Winston-Salem solo, and we were spending a little more time together. We, the, actually, the first time we all hung out was maybe in 2015. So maybe the maybe that was the first time since 2005 we had all hung out together. They all came down to Carbera, Chapel Hill, where I live, and we just went out to eat and just kind of touch base. I think, um, yeah, f- for whatever reason, we we'd realized that maybe we need to make an effort, you know, to to spend some time together. But but so so Joe and Johnny came down to Chapel Hill, Carbera, and said, "Hey, Furnace Fest is doing the twenty year festival or whatever it is." And everybody who is organizing this festival said that they asked who they would want to play or who they'd want to see, and they were all in agreement that they wanted to see Beloved play. So it's not out of the question. We're we're rehearsing. We're gonna play. We're gonna play some shows. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. So Beloved's back. just talked about it and I guess it I mean maybe they were just able to to convince me I don't know you know just being like in person and being my friends you know and just saying like let's just get together let's just play let's just get together in a room and play like don't say yes or don't say no like let's just you know they were just able to convince me I guess is is Fern's Fest special to Josh Moore yeah I think it's I mean for for me it was easier for me to agree to play a festival, I guess, that was going to be, you know, the way it wasn't just going to be like our show that we have to, it was just, we were going to be a part of something bigger than just a beloved reunion. It's like a bigger, ah. bigger moment than just our moment. That didn't sound like it was that hard to convince you after all that time, though. I mean, something has to change, have changed in you, I, yeah, I would assume. Yeah. No, I would assume something has changed in Can't me. Can't be the meal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, well, they're just, they're, they're my friends, and I still care about them, and I still feel the same way about them that I did 15 years ago. And 
I'm not really even really pursuing my own like music, writing my own music, you know? I guess maybe there was for the last 15 years, I guess I've been writing my own songs and working on my own music and feeling like I needed to keep myself in that zone and I haven't I haven't been writing songs for the last 2 years. Um so I have maybe Why'd like Why'd you stop? Oh, I wasn't I wasn't really enjoying well I guess it kind of felt like the place that we were in with Beloved where the music wasn't really coming. It, well, I was writing a lot of songs but it wasn't what I wanted to write, I guess. So I was just kind of put it down. Yeah, so I guess maybe now I have the space. Mm-hmm. To, Mental bandwidth is what it sounds like to me. Yeah, yeah. I've like kind of the made creative some, space for you must take occupy. This is a guess, of course, but the creative space for you seems to occupy your whole mind. Uh, yeah. If I'm, I mean, that's whatever. I'm. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. But but I have yeah, I have space now to that I've kind of cleared out, and then it's it, I feel I feel good about it now. Okay, so now I hear you in some, I'm going to have to still say, I hear you in some intermediate state where you sound like you're open to it because your friends like it. Well, I'm open to it because I was open to, uh, like, getting together and playing. And it it was interesting because a lot of the lyrics and a lot of the riffs just came back immediately. You know, they're like all... Like muscle memory? Yeah, they're all still in there. Wow. We played cool. it so much. I was like, uh, maybe I thought it was going to be challenging, like I wasn't going to be able to sing the same way. to go play like how, how about the t- how long was it between when you decided that you would go rehearse with beloved until you did rehearse i think maybe not not too long i think i think we maybe talked uh, in may of this year and then i think maybe the first practice was in june i think were you nervous i wasn't nervous i just didn't i guess i was trying to be open to my feelings about what was happening to what was going on but it yeah if it it feels it feels good to play music with them. Does it sound good? Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. Everybody, who sounds the best? Uh, Who's gotten the best? I mean, because think about it. You're not. You've been playing. All you guys have been playing music for 15 years. So, I imagine the skills, musical maturity, and skills have have changed. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's all been. So a, a lot of the music has been a challenge to us because, I mean, the recording is really fast. We were playing everything really fast. And live, we would play it even faster. I mean, I think we had a lot more, like, we were running on a lot more adrenaline back then. Mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think my adrenaline is going to kick in until I'm, like, in front of a crowd. And I, I can't speak for the rest of the people, but that's kind of how I feel about it. But the playing sounds good. Joe is Joe still got it on the vocals? Oh yeah, I think everybody's still got it. I think D- every- Dusty said you really got it. Dusty thinks that you sound terrific, like especially good and or better and all that kind of thing. But and he didn't comment about Joe. But what's your impression of how Joe sounds on drums and vocals? 
oh, I think Joe sounds great. I think Joe's one of my favorite drummers. And Mine yeah, too. And I think his voice is just like, yeah, you said it earlier, like it's, it's brutal. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It would never be the same to have somebody doing the same vocals and the same drums separately. It would never mean as much. It would never be as serious as as having Joe do both. I mean, there's something about that that's just so powerful. I lo- I can't wait to see it now. I mean, I just can't wait. Last time I saw you guys was Cornerstone, North Carolina in 05 or 04. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Cornerstone, North Carolina. Yeah. That was 04, and that's the last time I got to saw Joe do this beloved stuff. And before that, it was at the Vera Project and, or at the some, yeah, Vera Project or something in, in, in Seattle with Norma Jean and Me Without You. And it's just, I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, man. It's, I think it's going to be cool. So Furnace Fest 2020. Furnace Fest 2020, yeah. And then that's maybe happening. more? Or is what else, what else is what's on the table for you? Uh, well, I think that we're also going to do a hometown show. Mm-hmm. At some point, because you know we want we want to play for everybody that's here in North Carolina. And what about beyond that? Uh, beyond that, right now I'm I'm uh, just open to see what see what these see what playing in front of people is like. Uh, see what the other rehearsals what happens if some music happens. I mean I'm I'm open to it. I don't I don't have a, a beyond that commitment of 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 Furnace Fest and playing a hometown. I'm I'm open. I'm I'm open to see what happens. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I will say at a rehearsal the other day, Matt played some riff that immediately I was uh, I came over to him. I was like, "What is that?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I've been been writing. I've been writing some riffs." So that's about it. Got, it got your curiosity up, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's one of the best feelings when you have a genuine curiosity. It, like when a friend plays something that you know is good. That it, it excites you, and you know, it's it's fresh. It's never been used or crafted or put into a song before. That is like finding a potential gold mine or something. It's a wonderful feeling. Yeah, and well, and the thing is, is that I still, I've known Matt Harrison since fourth grade. His guitar playing, I've always loved, and I've always loved the music that he's written. Yeah, you know, so he, he's still got it, I guess. He's still got it. Oh, man. So we'll see what else comes out. From we just see what happens then, right? I think so, yeah. It's a good place to be. This is great news, Josh. I mean, I can't tell you how excited everybody's going to be. I, I know it for a fact. I mean, I'm very excited about this news, and I, it's been, I've been dying to share it, and the opportunity to share it on this podcast means a lot to me. Thank you for being willing. I mean, I'm so excited for you is what I want to say. Well, I appreciate it, man. It's, it's cool to talk to you. What is different about Josh now? I don't know, man. He's really like with with the way the band is now. You know, I told you like we were on eggshells with him for for a couple of months, just like just doing this show. Like we thought, okay, we'll do the show, maybe a local show, and that's going to be it. You know, until you know. But when he told you he wanted to even do anything at all, how did how did that happen? Randomly at my parents' house eating dinner, and I looked down and I got a call from Chad Johnson. 
on my phone and Chad and I would like send a Facebook message once a year to each other. Maybe, you know, we're bros, but just, you know, whatever. Um, so I got a call from him and we were eating. So I didn't answer. And I got a voicemail about him saying that he wants to do furnace fest 2020 and he wants beloved to do it. And do I think that it would be possible? And so, you know, immediately I'm like, no, like I text him back. I'm like, Hey man, good to hear it from you. Uh, thanks. That's amazing. But I, I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, I love you, man. And I'll, I'll give it a shot. You know, I'll give it a shot. Like if, if anything might convince Josh to do it, it'll be this fest that we saw as a benchmark of, of something that we needed to do as a band at that time, you know, celebrating that celebrating the band, like it, this might be our chance to like, this might be the, the freaking spark that, that does it, you know? So I, uh, that night I called Joe and Johnny to see what they thought. And they were like, yeah, we should, we should do it. Like Joe and Johnny met with me. We got coffee one day, like purposely to talk about how would we even ask Josh because we felt like we had one chance, you know, like if we, if we went about it wrong, it, there's no shot of it happening. So we needed to approach it the right way. And, and we got like a, a, I can't remember if I just like started a text chain and put them on it, like kind of like a ha ha ha. Chad wants us to do furnace fest, you know, like, like, uh, you know, like, what do you guys think? And like, Josh didn't totally poo poo it like immediately. So we, uh, I remember Joe and Johnny went to Chapel Hill one day on like a Sunday and had lunch with them. And they were like, dude, Josh is awesome. You know, which was like, whoa, okay. And they're like, uh, he wants to, he's down to like get together and jam and just see if it's like even okay, you know, like anymore. And like at that time, like they, they, said that his biggest concern was that like he didn't think he was going to be able to do it the way that he felt like it deserved. Like he can't, he didn't think like his voice at this point, you know, he's been singing these like slow, slower songs, softer songs. He didn't think his voice had it anymore. And he just, he didn't think that he could do it, but you know, he, he would try, which, Dude, when I heard that, like, uh, I freaked out. I remember telling Amanda, just like, oh, this is insane. Like, I I never expected this. So, yeah, we, before even committing anything to Chad, you know, I kind of kept Chad in the loop. Like, hey, we're going to get together and try this. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. So, man, we, we went to a studio in Chapel Hill. We we're like, we'll come to you, bro. Like, doing everything we could to just accommodate him. Like, you know, like, Josh didn't have gear. I went and got lunch with him and, like, brought him a guitar and a little amp. Wow. And I think he didn't even have, he didn't have the record. He didn't even have failure on, on any kind of like digital or anything. So I brought him a copy of the vinyl and he, and an electric guitar and an amp. And he practiced to like an actual record with like a little Vox amp and a Telecaster and like relearned parts. We were like, Hey, let's just learn like two songs. It's been 15 years. Yeah, dude. Right? Yeah, it's been 15 years. But which, but for Josh, man, that's been like a crazy lifetime. Mm-hmm. You he know, was a kid I mean, at the beginning. That's what I'm saying. He did 20 years and then 15 years since. I mean, he was 20 then. Yeah, it's been 15 exactly. years. It's a half exactly. a lifetime ago for him. 
Exactly. Totally. So we got together, man, and, and we rehearsed and it was crazy. The first thing we did, we, <laughs> we went click, 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 click and hit the E for failure on my lips. kind of like looked around and like it was like kind of goosebumpy you know and at least for sure like with like the four of us looking at josh i still think there's a lot of apprehension in him at that point and and we weren't really sure what to read and we were still kind of like okay like is he into it and afterwards he's like cool well let's figure out when we're gonna do this again so like okay we're getting stoked and like at that point you just want to like shout it from the rooftops <laughs> and like and like take out take out like online like instagram ads and stuff like that we're back but uh so we got together again and the next time it felt even better and that's when we had that conversation that I told you about that we uh, they josh was like do you guys want to talk or do you want to like jam first and we was worried about the talk because at that point we had already committed with chad we said, okay, well, we can do Furnace Fest. We won't play any shows until Furnace Fest. That'll be the first time we're back on a stage together. Uh, so we, we're like on our, our stage at church, and Joe says, well, I want to jam first. And you're like, crap, man, I'd rather just like air out everything so this isn't hanging above us. But I think Joe's just trying to like avoid confrontation and just like jam. So we jammed dude and we burned through like most of the record, like eight or nine songs. And it felt great, man. It felt great. It was so loud and it felt awesome. And Josh's voice sounded amazing. stuff again man is awesome because it sounds he's got one of my favorite voices so it sounds so great and like we're smiling and like it's awesome because that's like the best part it's like it's literally just like the family is kind of back together man and it it feels right like sure like there might be like a a a note that's like a half step off or or oh i forgot this part or something but it feels right you know and so we talk and Josh kind of lets us know that uh, that's when, you know, he's like, I don't know why I never, my reasons before of not doing the band. He's like, I, I can't tell you why I felt the way I did at those times. But like right now, like, I'm not trying to be a solo artist. I'm not trying to pursue this like solo agenda. And, you know, this, this feels right. So I'm just like, you know, I'm with you guys. So it's like, finally, dude, after like trying to like, from that first text message, it's like been like seven months of just eggshells. And then it's like the dam breaks. And I remember like looking over at like Johnny or something and just being like, holy crap. And it's like, you know, like after Josh leaves that rehearsal, like a few of us go to dinner and it's just like, we can't stop talking. You know, it's like just so excited. That's great. So we're open for business now, huh? What's in the yeah. future? What's all possible? Light, lights open, man. Lights open. I don't know, man. We got the. We're gonna. We're gonna do a show. 
more than likely uh, hometown show in the spring. And then we'll do Furnace Fest, man. And then uh, just kind of see what happens, man. You know, mm-hmm. I uh, we're kind of solo jamming some stuff together, seeing what happens. Right now, the big thing's just trying to get our set together and blow the roof off of it. You know, like just make the make the set like just wow people when we come back. You know, we're gonna be playing. 15 16 year old songs man so it's like we we kind of want to make it fresh and 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 new and celebrate those songs and and those times but just like have an awesome time being back together doing it and just almost like we we've never left you know like this is where we'd be not like we're That's just amazing. hey like we're back together it'd be like hey man you just haven't seen us in in 17 years or you know 15 years or whatever that's great. Did you, so there's something about the feeling in the room there that's just dude. It's it, insane. It's, it's insane. Like I've never, uh, I've never, and I mean, you know, those feelings like when you've written a part together and you play a part and you're like, whoa, like that was incredible. Like, like emotive and everything, dude. It feels like that for like, like an hour and a half of jam. <laughs> like that it, is it's so sweet. I've, ne- I've never, like, I've never. I've never had that feeling for so long. Like, a 90 minute musical orgasm rehearsal. Dude, it's awesome, man. <laughs> but the the distance of 15 years between it <laughs> allows for something that's not nor not the same as other <laughs> quick quick turnaround reunion kind of a situations. You guys yeah. are all very different people from back then. And so a lot of t- a lot of you've been playing I guess y'all have all been playing music since. So you're much better musicians. You're more, oh, and you have maturity, and you're seasoned. And I really, I mean, I'm an old person myself, but I notice that and hear it and feel totally differently than I did 15 years ago, in oh. in that way. And I love that in people's when they're a seasoned performer and they still have the magic part that's fun. Oh my gosh, you have the perspective in your mind to appreciate it more than you did when you were 20. It's crazy, yeah. And you're that, better at it. Exactly. It, uh, but it's uh, it's that, it's almost like that okay, well, we had summer vacation and we're back at school. Like, let me show you what I did this oh, summer, you know, so like sweet. that, that's what that, that feeling sort of is, you know, like we've all, we've all done this, man. Let's, let's talk about it and show, you know, like talking with Matt about guitar tone and stuff like that. It's, mm. it's funny, man. It's awesome. It's a cool feeling. It's so great to get back to do the things that you first loved and cared about in a, in the pure way. Like there's less noise and the pressures at least right now. I mean, yeah. something about that. There's no, there's no pressure, man. The only pressure I think is, is us. And, and and it doesn't even feel like there's any pressure. Like we know, we know like what we got to do. We know if there's a fest on the horizon that we need to go down there and like destroy, you know, but, but dude, we just, I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting back in a room with the dudes and just jamming more songs, you know? So that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. That's a hundred percent what it's about. And just like, and dude, like I said, just spending time with each other, having like group chat every single day with all those guys. Hearing from Josh Moore every single day is uh, crazy. That's something I never, ever thought would happen. Like I never ever thought that would happen. That's wonderful to hear on a personal level too, dude. It's amazing. Like I love that guy so much, and and respect him so much. Like it's just. I'm just so happy to to know that he's doing awesome. 
you know, and not that he was like ever doing terrible or miserable. It's just, I didn't know, man. Like we weren't in each other's lives, you know, like we had been for so long. Yeah. That's terrific. So congratulations to you, Dusty. I think you, <laughs> I think this is, this is great. I mean, I think for you particularly, especially because I made fun of you for having a bunch of bands <laughs> break up. This is a, some redemption for you, my friend. And you, this is... it's not redemption for you, but it's, it's a credit to you for being the person that you are and being patient and being, you know, I mean, I hear you loving these other guys and, like you said, family with them, and that's the way it goes. And if they want to be back together, of course, Dusty's there. And, of course, Dusty was keeping it. I mean, your character in this whole scene and in the other bands is consistent. People know who you are and what value you have, and, and I, I value it very much. And it's really uh, nice to see that be a part of Beloved and Beloved Back Together. Dude, this is, <laughs> this is the thing, like, at the end of the podcast, is like Dusty Redman died 30 minutes after the airing of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, but thanks, man. Yeah, you know, and, like, it, it feels cool because, like, I feel like everything I've done, like, in every band I've been in, I've compared it to Beloved, mm-hmm. you know, which is weird because that was, uh, each band I've been in has been one step more professional than Beloved. You know, it's I've gone, like, as far as like quote professionalism and and whatever and 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 maybe success it's gone up but all i've wanted to really do in my heart man was just like you know play death to traitors again with these dudes My name is Stephen Cagle from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I'm a labeled member. My favorite tooth and nail band of all time is Blindside. Matt Carter is our host. Editing and story by Matt Carter. Sound design and production manager by Reva Hansen. Our executive producer is Brandon Evil. Special thanks to Adam Scatula, Jim Warson, Tyson Bailetti, and Marshall Frymas at Tooth and Nail Records. This podcast is made available by Jesse Batesel. That is creativeistcoaching.com. Chris Holmes, follow him on Instagram, Frozen Cellmate and the rest of the members of the labeled community on Patreon. If you're interested in becoming a title sponsor like Chris for your band, brand, or nonprofit, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash labeled.